All it takes is a click to listen to RTI online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today. Later in this hour, we'll be taking you over to Ear to the Ground, where Andrew Ryan will be exploring Taiwan through the medium of sound. That'll be followed by a selection of traditional music presented by Carlson Wong on jade bells and bamboo pipes. But we start off today's program with Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Wednesday, February, January, I want to say February, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> January 23rd. I'm John Van Trieste and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. As you just heard, and also Jake Chen. Hello. Hi to both of you. In just a moment, we'll be hearing about Taiwan's favorite sniffer dog and uh, her first day of work at her latest assignment. Then China Airlines. Is there a doctor in the house on China Airlines? The answer will soon be yes. They're going to get a medical professional on every flight. That's the goal. Then a descendant of a very important historical figure in Taiwan comes to town. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Minnie the Sniffer Dog is my new favorite dog. Uh, I wasn't aware of Minnie the Sniffer Dog, but apparently uh, this dog already has a little bit of a following. Uh, and this dog has earned new accolades and praise from the premiere on top of that uh, because she successfully sniffed out sausages on her first day of work on the outlying island of Jinmen. Now, Taiwan is taking illegally smuggled, I guess you would say, meats very seriously because people keep doing it. And there's an outbreak of uh, African swine fever going on across the Taiwan Strait. So, you know, if you're flying into Taiwan from across the Strait, you're going to have your hand luggage searched, all kinds of serious things now. And that, there's sniffer dogs on it, too. But can you believe that? Like, people are <laughs> still day. doing that. And uh, on her yeah. first day at her new job on this island, her new home, uh, this happens. But great job for finding it anyway. Uh, it's a, this is a veteran detector dog, and not a, not a, this isn't her first day on the job altogether. Uh, last year, it says that uh, she detected 2,642 contraband items uh, put, put together. I guess they weighed them. Uh, if you were to add it all up, it would weigh three tons, three tons worth of smuggled wow, items. Uh, that an, has an accuracy rate of 80%. Uh, and that was just last year. I mean, she's been at it for a while. Uh, so yes, this is her latest posting, and she's been put there, I think especially now, because uh, over the Lunar New Year, there's going to be an influx of visitors coming mm -hmm. across uh, from the, some mainland Chinese port cities there across the way. They're very close to mainland China, and uh, so she needs to fill in you know, some of that extra manpower for the Bureau of Animal and Plant Health Inspection, the, sort of the quarantine agency. Um, so yeah, the, the premier even mentioned her in a Facebook post. That's kind of cool. Right. And uh, like I said, a bit of a Facebook following. Uh, there's a video where she's running around, running around. It says jauntily. Uh, that's an interesting <laughs> word to use. I guess it makes sense. Sounds like she's a young dog. <laughs> well, maybe youngish. I mean, like like okay. I said, they call her a veteran sniffer dog. Mm. So anyway, she's looking for things like meat, of course. That's the big one. But also fruit and other items that you're not supposed to bring in. But people 
for some reason still do anyway. Uh, and so uh, the, what the premiere had to say was, Mini is the best. Thank you, Mini. And uh, he also, other net users also expressed their gratitude for fighting on the front line, is the word, <laughs> are the words this article uses. Uh, and they're also urging people who are in charge of quarantine to give her maybe some nice canned food, you know, a little bit of a reward <laughs> for all her hard work. <laughs> I think flight attendants have at least some basic training on how to do things like first aid and so forth. But when the real problem happens in midair, uh, you might just be out of luck, I guess. Not so on China Airlines anymore. The Taiwan-based airline says uh, it's hoping to get medical professionals on every flight it runs. Is that right, Shirley? That is right. Well, you're right about, you know, cabin crews. They are trained for first aid, but they are only able to provide limited assistance. Uh, you know, for particular ailments, you know, when it, when a real professional need is needed. So, um, Thomas China Airlines has begun making arrangements for an onboard medical care program, which means that they will provide a medical professional on every single flight. Now, what do they mean by medical professional? Are we talking a nurse, a just a GP type of a general doctor or mm. physician? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, um, let me just say that though, uh, the uh, this when this news came on, they actually just added the Buddhist Tsuji Medication Foundation who offered to, you know, co- go in on the program. But actually, before they did, um, they've already started cooperation with the Changgen Memorial Hospital mm. to promote this program. So um, that happened in 2017, and now and uh, also received oh. They also received a further support from Taiwan Medical Association in 2018. I wonder if they have medical equipment on board to, for the doctor to use, though. I've never seen a... Def- I guess they must have defibrillators and things like that stashed away somewhere, but I wonder yeah. what kind of equipment they carry. Hmm, that, that's a good question. But um, so anyway, now they've added Suji Foundation, a medical medication foundation. They're funding? They're going to be able to you know, provide professionals. Okay. So now they're going to be able to have a medical professional on every single flight. So they have enough, um, you know, well, uh, in on flights, this program. So. I guess they must be offering the doctors frequent flyer miles or something. <laughs> your next getaway. Yeah. Well, you know, us. let me tell you the stats. See, according to a report from the Journal of the American Medica- uh, Medical Association Network, between th- 2009 and 2013, there were 24 to 130 in-flight medical emergencies for every 1 million passengers. Mm. So if you know the math, 40 billion customers taking off on commercial airline flights every year, this could mean between 260 and 1,420 in-flight medical emergencies each day, oh. just a day alone. So that's a lot of Over emergency landings. Yes. Yeah, if you can't have landing, then you really want a professional on board to be able to do the yeah, first much done, part then. of, you know, yeah. Do planes land uh, for that purposes? I don't think they if do. If it's serious enough, I mean, if it's possible, but sometimes it's just not feasible. Right. So, you know, um, or, or, or turning back, that kind of mm. thing. But um, so China Airline operates an average of 250 flights around the world each day. And I guess to have 250 prof- medical professionals on the flights can make you feel so much safer. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, they must also have to go through like in-flight training too, though, you know, mm-hmm. how to do something in turbulence and things like that. And uh, yeah, I guess maybe they're paid more. I wonder what uh, how they're recruiting these people, you know, is it free travel or... Oh, I don't you know. know. Or is it... Or well, is it just paying more? Because that's, that's probably 
a lot more mm. stressful of a working condition to operate, even though if they're not needed most of the time. Yeah, you know? that's true. Not to mention the actual stress that it adds to your biological clock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's again, if you're like a, a flight attendant or a pilot, like, yeah. forget, forget about nine to five. You're well, not going to have that. Yeah, what well, John, you were mentioning about certain, you know, like um, equipment stuff. Mm. But what if there, you know, some of the equipments are not usable in in you know in mid air? I'm pretty like sure under they, pressure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not any professional. I mean, but, they have they have what are they called? Don't a lot of like expats in certain countries have these like they'll fly you out on a medical plane type of deals? I don't know what that is, but mm. I've, I've heard people talk about that yeah. sort of arrangement. So it must be possible. Well, you know, I actually got to record um, all these medical terms for um, EVA Air, which is Air Airway, which is mm. the other uh, the other Taiwan's, major Taiwanese major airline. Air, airline. And the reason being that these, um, you know, um, the cabin, uh, the crews, uh, the crew members, you want to make sure that they know how to pronounce these, um, you know, names of um, these, I don't know, medicine or pills or whatever, or at least to understand when a, a passenger on a plane is asking for a certain medication, if you have it on a plane and you want to be able to get it right. Right. Yeah. So that's, that was really a, a big task for me, kind mm. of like, you know, Googling every single of those names and getting it right. But, but on top of that, I mean, that's just very limited service. And so um, I think it's great that they're going to provide professional, you know, uh, medical professionals on each flight, which I don't know how that's going to how that's going to work, like you were saying. Does that add mileage on them or whatever? Uh, maybe a lot of extra but, um, costs on their part, but yet yeah. a smart idea. But I think it's needed. A smart idea, even if it's not needed very often. Good right. to have. Good to have. Does the name Robert Swinhoe ring a bell to either of you? Swinhoe pheasant. The Swinhoe pheasant. Very good. Uh, do you know who that's named for? Rob- well, I guess I already said it. Robert Swinhoe. <laughs> do you know okay. who Robert Swinhoe was, though? Mm, no, I forgot. Remind me. Robert Swinhoe was a British consul stationed in Taiwan in the 1860s. Uh, I think specifically in Kaohsiung, where there was a British consulate. And it's a popular sort of historical attraction today. It's a very nice looking building with very nice grounds and some interesting stuff going on inside exhibits and things like that. You can see, you know, how people lived in the... The work that people like Swinhoe did, too, because he was sort of a naturalist as well. I mean, hence the naming of uh, the pheasant after him. Uh, well, a fifth-generation descendant by the name of Christopher Swinhoe Standen came over from the UK, it looks like last week, and on Thursday went to visit the old consulate, uh, even posing next to a statue of his uh, famous forefather, it says here. Right. They took a tour, actually, and uh, it included explanations about all the things i'm sure there must be family stories about it because uh he explored like nature went into the field and so yes the 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 pheasant was named in his honor but he also did a lot of research on other types of birds and into monkeys as well of which the gaoxiong area right above that consulate has quite a lot so uh very easy close by field work to do macaque Right. Uh, his career started in Tainan in 1861, where he was vice consul. Then he moved to Kaohsiung three years later because they'd opened it up to international uh, trade. And then but in 1865, he became the full consul as, as his office was raised to the status of a full British consulate. Yeah, it looks like uh, his fifth generation descendant really got the grand tour. Uh, they'd come down after visiting the National Palace Museum in Taipei as well. Uh, so uh, just an all-around educational tour. And Swin Ho Standen said that he's going to show all the pictures of his trip to his 91-year-old mother back in the UK. So another oh, wow. generational link back towards uh, his illustrious forebear. 
now back over to Shirley with a story about an act of generosity. Yes, we're talking about um, you know it's getting near Chinese New Year's and people like to clean their old their house and you know get rid of the old stuff and that's what this netizen did. He got together all these secondhand clothes and then you thought, hmm, you know it's getting cold. It's gotten cold and was thinking about the homeless on the streets and. And I think there was one who recently, in the news, who recently died from the cold, and and so he thought, oh, let me go around and hand out these clothes. But then he was thinking about like maybe it would really hurt the ego if I go around and handing out one at a time to every single one of them. So what he did was he left a whole bag of his secondhand clothes in one corner of the um, um, the plaza near the Longshan Temple, and uh, left a note on it says that. Um, Take one if you're cold, or take it if you're cold. That's an area with a, a fair number of homeless people. Yeah, you're right. There's a nice plaza over there, um, and so then he noticed this one guy who came over and took the whole bag, and he thought that oh, looks like he's just going to hoard it for himself. But no, he went around and handed out a piece of clothing to every single other homeless that he saw, especially the ones who were looked sick or maybe kind of um you know um or in particular within, need. Yeah, in particular need. Yeah. Mm. And um, so he handed out, and it kept one for himself. So Just this one. netizen, yeah. So this netizen went up to him and started chatting with him, and he explained how you know there are a few homeless friends who are down with some kind of sickness, and they're never quick enough to you know to grab all the handouts um, on the streets or you know every now and then. And so he went around handing those clothes to each of them, and kept uh, a blanket for his own dog. He had this dog who has been with him for more than 10 years and, you know. And then the netizen, for, before he walked away, he says, is there anything else I can do for you? He said, well, can you get a bag of, you know, dog food for my dog? There's a pet shop in that area, a few of them, mm-hmm. pet supply stores. So, yeah. yeah so. Hop, hop around the corner. Very nice. Very nice. Nice heartwarming Warming. pre-Lunar yes. New Year story there. Yeah. Well, that's all for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Jake Chen. Don't go anywhere just yet. We've got Ear to the Ground and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes coming up next. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International from Taipei, Taiwan. How does anybody ever get anything done? I mean, paying bills, cleaning the top of your fridge, going to the dentist. Those are just some of the things that I habitually put off. And that doesn't even include optional things like exercise. Sometimes I'll just sit there pretending to do something else until that window of opportunity has disappeared. Ah, I guess I can't go to the gym today because it's already closed. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, we go on a date with that most elusive of friends, motivation. And what are we going to do? We're going to go swimming on a cold winter day in Taipei. 贴紧台湾的羊耳朵 an ear to the ground. 
A light rain is falling in Taipei. It's about 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 Fahrenheit for those of you who are metrically challenged. And it is not the kind of day where you want to leave the house. Now you have to remember, this is particularly cold in Taiwan because we don't have interior heat. So it's cold inside, it's cold outside, just bone cold through and through. Um, but you know, I'm gonna force myself to leave the house and do a little exercise. I white knuckle it through the rain on my scooter with no gloves on. About five minutes later, I park and head into the sports center, still decked out in my rain gear. And at the front counter, I hand the man a ticket and he gives me a card that I can use at the turnstile. And all the while, I still feel like I could make a run for it. <laughs> Just head back home or go to a nearby coffee shop for a steaming cup of joe. But nope, I'm gonna do this. I have set my intention so through the turnstile I go. I head down the stairs to the changing room, sniffling a bit as I go. I'm thinking about the warmth of the bed that I've just left. I learned somewhere that motivation is all about how you frame things, not I have to go to the pool or I should go to the pool, but I choose to go to the pool. And yes, today I am choosing to go to the pool. I'm now down in the basement of the uh, swimming pool. And as you can hear, there's a bit of an echo. And uh, it's like 10 degrees warmer down here. It's almost like summertime. <laughs> Maybe this is why I should be coming to the pool because it's got heating indoors. But now the thought of taking all my clothes off and putting on a suit, not the most exciting prospect, but here we go. Before heading into the pool, I shower off and it's so nice and hot. I kind of just want to take one of those impossibly long showers that heats you through and through, but that's not good for the environment. And really, I'm here for the pool, not the shower. So I've already taken my shower. Uh, I've got my swimsuit on, my bathing cap on, my goggles, and just that little walk from the shower <laughs> into the pool area <laughs> has made me want to pack up and go home because it's cold. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do this. I got this. I'm gonna do a little stretchy, stretchy, then jump in the pool. None of that, hey mom, watch me, one, two, three, in the pool. These days we have to hold ourselves accountable. After some light stretching and flailing about of my arms, I, I hop in the pool and start to swim laps. I end up swimming about 750 meters. Not my best effort, but better than staying in bed. And the bonus? The cold water has actually heated me up. Turns out that cold water improves your circulation and boosts your immunity. My muscles are loose, my body is warm all over, and before I head home, I'm going to treat myself to the steam room and some water jets. Two more excellent reasons to get me out of bed on a gloomy day in Taipei. With the Near to the Ground, I'm Andrew Ryan.
explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong and in today's show we'll be listening to some Chinese classics. And the first piece that we'll be playing for you today is Parting of Lady Wang Zhaojun. Wang Zhaojun was known as one of the four beauties of ancient China according to the Wikipedia. And she was born in the Western Han Dynasty that was between 206 BC to 8 AD. And she was sent by Emperor Yuan to marry the Xiangnu Hu Hanxie in order to establish friendly relations with the Han Dynasty through marriage. And according to the Wikipedia, in the most prevalent version of the Four Beauties legend, it is said that Wang Zhaojun left her hometown on horseback on a bright autumn morning and began a journey northward. Along the way, the horse neighed, making Wang Zhaojun extremely sad and unable to control her emotions. As she sat on the saddle, she began to play sorrowful melodies on a stringed instrument. A flock of geese flying southward heard the music, saw the beautiful young woman. Riding the horse immediately forgot to flap their wings and fell to the ground.
Again, this piece is the parting of Lady Wang Zhaojun, an orchestral work composed by Wang Huiran. This piece is composed on the basis of the story of Wang Zhaojun, who leaves her native place for peace. It adopts the theme tone of Beyond the Great Wall. As for the arrangement of the instruments, the techniques of plot string instrument. Such as chanting, rubbing, etc., are used to make the melody milder and more beautiful.
RTI news, programs, pictures, and more online at english.rti.org.tw. Check it out. Check it out. And again, you're listening to J Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong in Taipei, and today we feature classic works composed by different famous first-class composers in China, including Wang Huiran, Hu Tianquan, and Lin Weihua. Knocking at the door of palace, and this piece, the players alternately use the sona, the guan, a wind instrument, and the koushao to imitate the three different characters: Sheng being a young man, Dan a young woman, and Jing a clownish figure making fun of each other in Chinese opera. And next, we'll listen to the King of Qin breaking up battle arrays. 
Breaking Up Battle Race was originally a military song at the end of the Sui Dynasty that was between 581 AD to 618 AD. In 220 AD, the army and people rewrote the words of the song to praise Tang Daizhong, the second emperor of the Tang Dynasty, Li Shimin, for his success in defeating the rebellious generals and saving the Tang Dynasty from disaster.
And hopefully you have enjoyed listening to the selection of our music today. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or better yet, you can write an email to me. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. And I do look forward to your comments and suggestions. Once again, thank you for your company. I'm Carlson Wong, and I'll see you next week. Take goodbye. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. I'm John Van Trieste, joined in the studio once again by Shirley Lin and Jake Chen, and we're here to leave you with one more thing. It's just coming up on the Lunar New Year now. We're all kind of excited. Uh, we've already had our big Lunar New Year banquet, and it just it goes to remind us that this is a time of year when you need to be careful about the things you eat. There's a lot of unhealthy stuff. Uh, you may think about turning to some healthy or more nutritious food, or maybe taking some supplements to make sure you're getting your vitamins. But beware, not all foods and supplements are as advertised. Right. Um, a lot of people, I think, uh, my encounters in Taiwan, they're very health conscious. You know, so um, there's a, a sizable market here for supplements and food that offer, you know, extra nutrients. You know, there are beauty foods, there are food that are advertised to reduce your risk of cancer, and, and there are other benefits. The, the whole nine yards. Uh, but here are 10 food that have been proven by experts that actually don't provide um, the extra benefit uh, as uh, they are advertised. Number one, <laughs> this one is right up in my alley. Um, Same here. Protein powder. Uh, so for oh, people who... Too gym- whey protein. I've never liked that stuff. For people who... Gym uh, aficionados. Right, work out. Uh, this, uh, this kind of food is... Uh, nutri- uh, supplement is to advertise to uh, bring extra um, protein that helps your 
boosts your muscle growth. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the amount of protein that's needed can be uh, had just by eating uh, healthy dishes on a daily basis. The extra proteins, uh, the proteins, are uh, is difficult for the body to actually uh, suck it up. It's uh, to to absorb. On a, I'm so uh, glad to hear that. Right, because I hate that stuff. Sorry. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Uh, number two is grape seeds. Uh, this one is advertised to reduce uh, your uh, ch- uh, risk of uh, cancer and uh, also as an antioxidant. Um, but no, apparently it doesn't do that. Plain and simple, <laughs> it's just false advertising. Mm. Um, number three, organic food. Um, I'm not sure the benefit. What the benefit of organic food is anyway? I think uh, it's just good for the planet. Maybe you know. Yeah, no, there's that. Yeah, P- pesticides. No pesticides. Kill bees. Yeah, there's there's that. Uh, it doesn't bring any uh, extra health benefits for the people who eat that, though. So there's that. Uh, number four, high calcium milk. So milk that contain extra high level of calcium, or oh, as yeah. uh, advertised. There would be milk cartons saying, you know, of high calcium included. I've seen that. Parents and I'm thinking that. Oh, does parents that really, love that stuff. What does that really so mean? So that's just a marketing. <laughs> that's just a marketing ploy. That that does. <laughs> there's no such thing as milk with extra mm. calcium. Uh, number five. This one is surprising to me because fish oil. I've thought that fish oil is beneficial. I mean, it is beneficial. Let me let's just get into it. Um, but you can't just get it by consuming fish, you know, at, at, a, oh, at a healthy well, proportion. Yeah. You don't have to spend the extra money to buy those, I think, capsules of fish oils that are super well, expensive. Well, I had it by the scoop. They mm. tasted gross when I was younger. My yeah. brother and I had were really, we're just very thin. Mm. And so my mom, you know, stuffed these spoonfuls of fish oil. I guess oh. it, well, I'm not sure if it worked, actually, come to think of it. Never mm. mind. Right. If you had your regular uh, fish on a weekly basis, I think you'd you'd, you'd be fine. Uh, number six, for the same reason, sea cucumber. Uh, it's a popular av- New Year dish. Yeah. yeah. I think it was served at our banquet, maybe. I might have missed it. I okay. remember that I having it. that last it's year. It's been served at it previous banquets, at yes. least. So, okay. And? It's like jelly, but it tastes like it, fish. It's, it's a bizarre. <laughs> jelly that doesn't really taste like... It tastes like doesn't whatever it? it's been cooked in, mostly. Yep. It's harder than jelly. It's like sauce. People believe they have extra, uh, extra high level of protein and, uh, I think, low, low fat. But no, they're no different from regular fish. Okay. So really? There's that. And they're, they're costly, too, at restaurants. Aren't, yeah, they are. Yeah. And it's, I know it's zero calories, but... No, yeah, they say no oh, wow. burden on your health, but anyway. So right. what's what's left on our list? Uh, you have um, soy sauce just for children. Uh, actually, no, children don't need extra uh, sauce Same. or sodium. Okay. Soy sauce for children? Yeah. And First time hearing and that. Then black sugar? They're just black. There's no extra Brown nutrients. sugar. Yeah. Brown sugar. Right, brown sugar. <laughs> all okay. right. Yeah. Well, that's all from us today here at Radio Taiwan International's English Service. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow when we present Stroke of Light, Ion China, and Chinese to Go. For now, though, from all of us here in Taipei, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. 
Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Type A, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Type A, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.